number two of the Bill Michaels Show. We are live. We're at Ironwood Golf Course. We're here in Sussex, just west, northwest of uh, the Milwaukee area. Our first cigar dinner of the season brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip and Tobacco Outlet Plus Grocery. And uh, really looking forward to it. And I can actually see some of the pavement uh, down below beginning to dry out, which is which is awesome. It was really, really coming down here a little bit earlier today. Um, but, and the outing that's out there right now, they're playing. Uh, it's just they're doing it without carts uh, because the course is, was extremely, it was actually a, like a, a couple of streams running through uh, the fairways, uh, one on nine coming down. And if you're watching on the Bud Light live stream, kind of the, the, the top left-hand section was down into the green there was nothing but a stream of water. And uh, it is cleared up. It's soaked in. And hopefully this afternoon we at least get decent enough weather to be able to go out and swing it a little bit. Hopefully I can. And uh, I'm sure the others that do, they're going to have a great time. Then we're going to have a nice dinner afterwards, some cigars and Take advantage of uh, the full opportunity to just sit back, relax a little bit after a, a good weekend. So the Brewers did not have a good weekend. We're talking a lot about the Brewers and their situation right now. And the Brewers have not played good baseball by any stretch, uh, to say the very least. And in addition to that, uh, the spotlight squarely on Christian Yelich, who was playing even worse than the rest of the team. He has been uh, pretty pretty bad. Um. And in addition to that, they have been uh, besieged with injuries. You know, you start with Woodruff and Peralta and then kind of work your way back from there. And you've got Adamas and Renfro. Looks like they're going to be back sooner rather than later. But then you've had, you know, Narvaez and Urias. And you go through the whole list of injuries that this team has had. And it's it's been it's been tough. And yet coming out of an 18-game stretch, they're 9-9. Nine and nine. So, on one hand, yeah, it's tough. Completely get it. But on the other hand, you look at it and go, well, wait a minute. You know, as bad as things have been as of late, and they have been. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. As bad as they've been as of late, they're still, even though it's only a half game, they're still ahead of the Cardinals. 33 wins. Now, that's four short of the New York Mets, who have 37 on the season. But it's not bad. It's the least amount of wins of any division leader right now, except for the Minnesota Twins, who have 32. But the Brewers are hanging in there. They're 4-6 and six in their last 10 ball games. They're scoring 4.4 runs per game. And I know, look, they've had some games in which they've had massive chunks. But, you know, how many games are they into this season now? Let's be real, right? They're 56 games into this thing. 56 games. They're averaging 4.4 runs per game. If they keep that up throughout the entire season, they're going to win a lot of ball games, especially once the pitching becomes whole again. Corbin Burns, an uncharacteristic rough outing the other night. He gave up five. It just it happens. Every team goes through a little bit of a stretch. Now, if it becomes prolonged, obviously, you start to look at things a little bit differently. But I'm not in panic mode. I am in frustration mode, no doubt, but I'm not in panic mode. And, you know, I, I want to get to a lot of the questions that many of you have over in the comments you have on the Bud Light live stream. But one of the questions that keeps coming up is, well, can you trade Christian Yelich away? 
And I find it interesting because it was only a couple of weeks ago when people were saying, I told you he could hit. I told you they were coming out of the woodwork. And I kept saying, he hit. It's great. I hope he I hope he proves us wrong. But until he gives me an entire season that resembles at least close to what it is he, he had given us, don't one game in baseball does not a season make. So don't don't give me that just yet. And sure enough, after the uh, video post, and when he hit for the cycle in Cincinnati, he has been abysmal, which is putting it mildly. 14 out of 85, 100, uh, a 164 average, 252 on base percentage. That, my friends, sucks. 10 walks, 29 strikeouts, no home runs, two extra base hits, which means he's got 20. If you add up his hits and his walks, he's been on base 24 times. But 29 strikeouts, that's terrible. Terrible. And he's the guy that gets the spotlight because he's the guy that's got the money. He's the guy that's getting it. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Okay. Comments. Here we go. Brett says, how many hitting coaches do you have to go through? Do you bring in a guest coach? No. No, Brent, I am 110% done blaming the hitting coach. Done. You can't go through coach after coach after coach after coach and say, that's a hitting coach. He's not teaching them the fundamentals of what to do and how to look. You know, look, at some point, it's, it's incumbent upon the guys to be able to hit the damn baseball. That's what you're getting paid to do. And if your coach can't help you figure it out, then you go find somebody who can but the bottom line is that this team just looks lost at, at times at the plate. Scott says, relax. Every team goes through these rough stages during the season. Scott's got the hang in there, hang in there. Our buddy Chris, he uh, there's talk of a slump buster. Chris driving over the road. A lot, a lot of lizards running around back there. Maybe bring some into town. Who knows? Uh, Jim says, uh, can't listen to Craig Council speak anymore. Talks like a politician, always waffling. And why won't a local writer at his press conference get in his grill and ask him, why don't you move Christian Yelich down? Um, I don't know if anybody's asked him that, but I mentioned this a little earlier. When you look at the analytics, Christian Yelich, his, his numbers, certain analytical numbers like, uh, his his bat speed, his uh, hard hit ratio, all that stuff starts to come into play. The problem is he's hitting the ball hard, but it's right at somebody. The old adage in baseball is, well, eventually it's going to start to fall. Well, for Christian Yelich, when is eventually? What what what's the word eventually mean? When what, is that a, in a month, another year, two seasons, five seasons? How how long is that? You know, I I completely agree with you. Tad says, would we really be that worse off trying to find somebody to take Kane and Yelich off of our hands, eating 75% of their salary and playing somebody like Mitchell or Freelich? Hell, those guys could hit 175 to 200, I'm sure. What's more disturbing is how aloof Yelich looks, not only at the plate, but also now on the field, almost like he's annoyed to even be out there. No, what he's annoyed at, and, and I'll... He has been a guy that I'm sure, specifically when he was going through the uh, MVP years, he was being 
heckled and ripped and such in the outfield every ballpark he went into. I think now he might be getting annoyed because it's starting to happen at home. The natives are becoming restless, so to speak. People are noticing. People people are noticing. We're not stupid baseball fans. You're not a stupid baseball fan. I may be, but you're not. People aren't stupid. And nine times out of ten, the eyeball test is going to tell you 90% of what you need to know. You can look at a guy struggling. You can look at a guy watching first pitch fastball right down the middle. You can look at a guy that looks like he's guessing, fishing. He's thinking it's low and away, so he's stepping in that direction only to have one a heater right down the middle, handcuff him, and shoot a dribbler back to the mound. You can see a guy that's looking to pull a ball and yank it out of the ballpark only to say you missed it by three feet because it was low and away and it was a breaking ball. You never should have been a swinging at to begin with. You look like you're guessing. Lorenzo Cain, to read that article to where he just says, I don't have any answers, I don't know, that's a guy that's given up. I mean, as far as the mind, the mental aspect of the game goes, now he's just out there just saying, I, I'm just going to go close my eyes and see what happens. You come in, you're a pro, you grind, you work, you do everything you can, no doubt. But to hear him or read that he's basically saying, I, I don't have any answers, I don't know what to do, that's that's disappointing. That's disappointing. Um, Adam says it seems like Yelich has been trying to get a base hit by going opposite field, but it keeps going right to the one guy on the field with a shift. The shift has had something to do with it. I'll give you that. But still doesn't look good. There are uh, the average of four runs per game or more, Ronald says, from all the blowouts. But you know what? They all equal out in the end. You, you, blew, you blew a team out because you were hitting the baseball. It's a good thing. And you're not hitting the baseball against one pitcher. I mean, you you know, runs comes in. If you score runs, you earned it. That's what it is. Now, if you have a total of three games on the season that to, that, that played a total of 35, 40 runs, yeah, then, you know, you can probably look at it and say, okay, it's skewed a little bit. But they've, they've had consistency. It's not like they haven't played well at all, right? I mean, the games in which they're winning, you know, they won. Go back to Cincinnati, 3-1. to one. Uh, or excuse me, six to three. They did blow out Cincinnati eighteen to four and ten to five, but they they won those games. They scored six runs the very next night against uh, Atlanta. The next game they won, they played at five against Cincinnati. They won at Miami two to one and then seven to three. Then they won a close one, one to nothing against Atlanta again. So it's it's not like they're winning games cheaply. Four to one against San Diego, two to one against San Diego. St. Louis, they won four to three, eight to nothing at St. Louis, right? So it's not just one game or two games. They're pretty consistent. I give them the 4.4 runs per game. So I guess my point to all of this is while some guys have been struggling and they're doing it ugly and right there for everybody to see, I don't think things are as bad as people are making them out to be. It was a, it was a craptastic weekend. It was a bull stuff weekend, no doubt, but it's not awful. And I'm not I'm not gonna blow it up because of. You know? Um, John says right now it's tough to hide Yelich in the lineup. 
when you've got two to three other uh, sinkholes in the lineup as well. Hoping that Renfro and Adamas coming back fill some of the holes. Hira should be back in the minors. Uh, they must have some way of either calling someone up from the minors or trading for, for somebody that can hit. Again, two things here. One is, if you're going to trade for somebody, who are you going to trade for? Right now, this early in the season still, I think you're trying to make some phone calls, and maybe just to see what's available, the same as other teams I'm, probably, I'm sure are probably doing to you. But I don't think I, – I think right now a lot of teams are still determining whether they're buyers or sellers, and then the teams that you clearly know are going to be selling. I mean, some of these teams you can look at, Kansas City is going to be selling. Oakland? They're going to be selling. 20 and 36, they're going to be selling. Same with Seattle, most likely. You know, you could say the Tigers are going to be sellers as well. This is all American League. Baltimore, certainly. You're sitting at 500 in Boston. I don't, th- I, I don't think Boston fans, I think Boston fans would revolt if uh, they gave up this early in the season with the Yankees off to such a fast start. Yankees are seven and a half games up in that uh, American League East over the Blue Jays and the, and the Tampa Bay Rays. But you look at Colorado, they're going to be sellers. Cincinnati is going to be sellers. But you're not going to trade within your division, most likely. The Cubs aren't going to do you a lot of help, right? Maybe the Diamondbacks before it's all said and done. There, there's going to be some teams out there that are already knowing they're sellers, but they're going to wait for the trade deadline. They're going to get the most they can. So you can start setting it up now, but I don't think you're going to get your value right now to be perfectly honest with you. And if I'm a general manager that's going to be a seller, I don't think I'm going to um, – unless you've got a guy that's abnormally hot that usually isn't, that may bring you more value, I don't think I'm going to be jumping off of that bandwagon anytime soon. I'm going to wait until teams are desperate, and then I'm going to make my best deal. That's that's what you do, you know? Uh, Ryan says this team has been home runner bust bust for many years. Too many journeymen and no prospects on the offense. The Cardinals brought up three guys and they're raking. Pablo Reyes says it all, and that in particular case, you're right, Ryan. They, the part of the, the issue is that when they started to bolster all the pitching, and pitching is everything as we know in Major League Baseball, but when they started to trade away some of their piecemeal players, they traded away a few guys. You know, and they depleted the farm system, and and they they kind of went for it. Um, but again, I'm not going to count them out because I still think there's going to be a deal or two to be made before the uh, trade deadline comes and goes. And I still think when the team gets back and gets healthy, they've got an ability to start putting the ball in play again and and get back to where they were, where they were three, four, five games up in the division. I and I say that because I really believe they have the best pitching staff in baseball. But the Freddie Peralta thing is probably the most disconcerting because he's not coming back anytime soon. He's not going to be around for a while. Uh, Brantley says, Wisconsin sports fans that don't really follow sports annoy me. It's like riding an elevator up and down, up and down, up and down. Just relax. Just relax. There you go. Um, What else do we have here? There was one other question I wanted to get to. Uh, Where did it go? Uh, Lucas, hey, Bill, you're going to be at the uh, IndyCar Series at Road America this year. Going to be there, not doing the show there, but going to be there, yes. Kind of meandering around, going to be there for that, uh, the IndyCar Series and the NASCAR Series. Superbikes this past weekend, I did not get a chance to see them, but, boy, I got a chance to see some of the videos and such uh, from up there. It's amazing to me to watch the uh, the Harley teams and such ride baggers, (laughs) ride uh, road glides uh, at such an incredible angle 
around the tight corners of Road America. It's just it's fascinating and, and kind of freaky, to be honest with you. Just amazing. Uh, 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up? Do so. Again, 877-867-1670. This portion of the program being brought to you by our good friends over there at Forgotten Fire Winery. Forgotten Fire Winery. Forgotten Fire. And, and uh, I had a, a couple that was asking me about this yesterday because they hear me talk about it. And a friends of mine. I shouldn't say just because they hear me. But we were talking about it. And they said they had never been there and never heard of them. And uh, they're, but they're kind of the wine connoisseurs. They they dabble more than I do in wine. And I said, you know what? They've got a couple of different bottles that are award winning. They've got a bunch of different wines that have been award winning. But they've got a Merlot that just went. I think it was Merlot that just won some awards out in California or against the California wines. So they're really good. But the winery and specifically Jake, the winemaker, they they don't care. They, it's great that they get the honors because it gives them that that level of credibility. But what they love about it is, if you like it, they're happy. That's all they care about. Making wine and being prestigious and snobby about it, that's one thing. But if if they make something and you go, man, this is good, that's another. I had friends at my house on Friday and Saturday. I had my buddy Justin had come over and some other friends. And I pulled out the Forgotten Fire Winery, the, the cider that I had gotten up there with the cinnamon and brown sugar. And everybody, I, I gave everybody a taste. Here you go. Poured your glass. Everybody's like, oh, my God. This is like, this is dangerous good because it's good good, but it's also got some some level of alcohol. It's got a little kick to it, you know. Um, it, it just it's what you enjoy, and that's what Forgotten Fire Winery is. Whether it's the hot mess, the Merlot, the Shiraz, the Riesling, uh, the Pinot Grigio, whatever it happens to be, whatever your bag is, they've got something for everybody. They really, really do. Look for them in your local grocers. Also look for them at Woodman's. I know. Uh, a lot of different liquor stores carry Forgotten Fire Winery. That's ForgottenFireWinery.com. ForgottenFireWinery.com. And see for yourself what it is I've been telling you about. They're just really good people, really good wines. And a lot of, as they say, fun in a bottle. Wisconsin wine for Wisconsin people. Made by Wisconsin people. Good stuff. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. I'll tell you what, we got a... Uh, uh, a lot of rides. Uh, this past weekend was really cool. Um, did the motorcycle ride for our friends, uh, all my friends. And they it, that was really fun. Uh, that was a neat ride. It was up around the Lake Winnebago area. It left Fudgy Knuckles uh, earlier in the morning and went to five or six different locations uh, before ultimately ending up back uh, at Fudgy Knuckles, where they, we saw the rain coming. So the, the after party wasn't much of an after party. It was basically stop in, get something to eat real quick, and then head back. And we did, as we got back into the Milwaukee area and Waukesha, did get rained on a little bit, uh, but still had a really uh, a wonderful time. Raised, uh, I think, a 1000 bucks or more uh, for uh, the you know all my friends. And they do special rooms and sensory rooms and playgrounds and such for kids with autism. And some special needs there. So that was a really uh, neat day. And then yesterday, uh, while it was rained, shortened, rain shortened, uh, we got basically the entire ride in. Um, 
yesterday for the Hogs for Heroes. And it was so cool because there was a guy named Patrick. Uh, he was a Marine. He had not one but two different Purple Hearts. Um, he had a, applied for this Hogs for Heroes campaign and kind of therapy for, you know, on a motorcycle, so to speak. And you, you take out not just the service, but what he had been through and what he had done and his story and both times being on patrol and having IEDs um, kind of rip through their Humvee and, and one of them, you know, ripped through the front to the back of it or the back to the front of his foot and amputated toes. And another time he had taken one in a leg and, and, you know, it just such an incredible story of what these guys, these men and women go through. And then uh, they gave him, ultimately they gave him the keys to a brand new motorcycle. And it was just such a, an emotional driving moment yesterday. Uh, last year's Hogs for Heroes raised over $20,000. Uh, I don't know what this year's raised because uh, I think the numbers were down a little bit just for the fact that uh, there was the threat of rain. But just two great events this past weekend. Joe and Ellen Hennis put on such a, a wonderful event out at Sloppy Joe's yesterday. And Bobby Frisk Band was fun. And, and the food was, you know, spectacular as always. But the cause itself was just something the of of honor it was just great to be a part of it same thing with our friends from all my friends brad and diane helmer who uh started that charity years ago uh this was their the 11th ride and they had a, a great route and everything planned out so just two wonderful events this past weekend so thanks so much for uh, allowing all of us to be a part of that because it was it was really really cool uh 877-867-1670 hit us up please feel free to go ahead and do so again 877-867-1670 um, this is from uh, Jack. Jack says, uh, hey, unit, at what point do you just admit that Keston Hira is a failure? He is never going to amount to anything in Major League Baseball. He's always going to be a career minor leaguer. If you look at him now versus the way he was when he first came up, he is swinging wildly, nowhere near the discipline hitter that he used to be, and he looks at times like he's guessing. Is that the way most Major League hitters look? Yes. Why? Because baseball pitchers have become far more advanced than baseball hitters, and we're seeing this throughout the majors. Keston here is a prime example of a guy who can rake over guys who don't have great stuff in the minors, but once you get to good, good stuff, once you get to hit against good stuff in the majors, you're just not the same hitter. I, there is nothing that I can say that passes the eyeball test as an argument for that. The same thing for Christian Yelich when people say, well, he was a product of stealing signs. At this point, there's nothing I can say. I'm not saying that's, I'm not saying he did. I'm just simply saying I don't have anything to prove you're wrong. You know? Other than the fact that you have no evidence of that. But that's been the rumor that underlying, you know, hey, there were certain guys that were benefactors of sign stealing, and he was one of them. I, I don't know. I I just know that nobody has ever come to me and said, or ever put out on the internet and said, here is exactly what was going on. Here's what the Brewers were doing. I'll I'll, I'll defend that till the day I die. But for you just to, to have an assumption and to say, prove me wrong, I can't. As much as I can look at you and say, prove to me that that's what was going on, I can't look at you and say, prove I can prove you wrong. Because the the kneecap incident, the injury coincided with that scandal so was it the injury quite possibly got a hitch in his giddy up something just isn't right whatever i i don't know i couldn't tell you 
but it also happens to coincide with when Major League Baseball began this investigation and basically got rid of some general managers and managers but didn't find any players, which I find extremely funny, much like the NFL investigation into the Washington Commanders. After all of that, all they found was, you know, John Gruden, the guy they wanted out of football. They found an email from him, which we know is crap. But I, I there was never anything to say that he was. So, I, you know, what do you want me to say? I, I, there's nothing I can say. 877-867-1670. You got something, bring it. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Um, this is from Terry. Terry says, uh, hey, Bill, glorious Monday, a rainy day just to sit home, pet the dog, and watch some Andy Griffith. Uh, that's exactly what I'm doing. Um, Terry, I appreciate the email. Uh, it says that, I still have faith that Christian Yelich can turn it around right now. It's a guy just putting a ton of pressure on himself to try to get himself straightened out. Uh, he says, I think that the pitching is going to come around, and as guys around him begin to hit, he will then begin as well to hit. It's a team game. It's a team sport played by individuals and individual statistics. I think the Brewers are going to be just fine. That's from Terry. I love your optimism, Terry. Love it. Our buddy Steve said, I just returned from the glorious Northwoods fishing. Was tough, uh, but the uh, the beauty that is Tomahawk and Minocqua, still worth a trip. I love Tomahawk. I love. To- I cannot wait for the Tomahawk Fall Ride this year. One of my one of the most favorite things I do every year is go up north to the Tomahawk area. I cannot wait to you know hit all of the bars and restaurants and supper clubs up in the area. The Bonnie and Clyde, which is across the bay from where we stay, and or across the lake from where we stay, and can't wait up to get to the windmill ice cream area and loons up there. Oh, I just love it. Love it. I agree with you. Uh, regarding the Brewers, it may be possible to see how the crew responds with the return of Willie Adamas and Hunter Renfro. If they don't start hitting soon, I think David Stern starts making some calls, unless he already has. Yelich's struggles don't appear to be getting any better anytime soon. Uh, so park his fanny on the IL for a week or two and have him work on getting the kinks out. If they don't do that, then at least drop into sixth or seventh in a lineup. I agree with you on the hero situation. He definitely appears to be a career minor leaguer. What would be the return if they would package him and a pitcher to obtain another bat that can produce on a major league level? That's our buddy Stephen Richfield. Um, that's that's a great question. If you packaged up Keston Hira. What with a pitcher to get another bat in return, what would you get? I don't know what Keston Hira's value is. You can certainly look at Keston Hira and go and, and present him to another team and say, look, maybe it's just greener pastures, but this guy's got this ability in him, you know? Or is Keston Hira the modern-day version of Crash Davis? You know? He's either that modern-day version of Crash. He's going to be the home-run king. He's going to be an all-time career hitter in the minors, and he's never going to amount to what you wanted him to in the bigs. Man, that's 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 a possibility. But I, I don't know what you would – maybe you just get, you know, just a, a 260 hitter, 265 hitter that gives you a little bit of pop and maybe a utility guy. And that's really all you're looking for, right? Just somebody else to come in and maybe find a – uh, a diamond in the rough again. You're not going to go out. You're not going to make a, a, a trade. Mike Trout is not walking through that door, right? So you're not going to get that kind of a deal. And you don't have that kind of equity to trade. Unless, of course, you went with a 
hey, Christian Yelich needs greener pastures, but who's going to take that contract? You know, it just uh, – I don't I don't think a lot of big answers are going to come walking through that door. I think what you have to hope for is that you get your pitching staff back to good and then, you know, some of these guys that you're relying upon, they stay healthy and, and, and well. You know, I mean, I, I – the, the, this isn't hard. You're going to try to find a guy that you can catch lightning in a bottle, and you're going to hope that the guys that you currently have get back to at least what you believe to be their regular form, and the pitching comes back to where it's supposed to be. And then you'll win games. Whether or not it gets you deep into the postseason, that's a whole other story. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Live here at uh, Ironwood Golf Course in uh, Sussex, where you can kind of see if you're watching on the Bud Light live stream, you can see a little shadow, some areas down there where the shadows are, and uh, that's right, the sun's starting to pop through, which is which is awesome for the day. Uh, you got a uh, golf outing out there on the course right now, and then we're going to be out there a little bit later on this afternoon. And it's our first. The reason we're here is because it's our first cigar dinner of the year. So uh, I'm I'm really glad to be doing these again this year. Is is these things? It's really cool that they become this demanded. Um, we're we're here today, and then we go to from here. We'll be in Lacrosse coming up in a few weeks. We're going to be at Celebrations. Uh, can't wait for that. We've got Wild Ridge Golf Course, which is coming up. The uh, oh, where are we? We got we got a whole grouping. Of these things, go to tobaccooutletplusgrocery.com. That's tobaccooutletplusgrocery.com for all the uh, events. And if you want to buy some tickets, but we uh, got all kinds of, uh, of these events coming up, and I just love them. I love doing them. So we're going to be at uh, celebrations coming up here towards the end of June, the cigar dinner. There's going to be another one on uh, June 27th. We're going to be at Cortez's down in Kenosha. The first time we've done one in Kenosha. So I, I love it. July, we take July off. Everybody's got something going on in July, right? So we take July off. And then we're going to be at Wild Ridge Golf Course on Monday, August 1st. Uh, that's in Eau Claire. we got another one coming up at Cedar Creek Golf Course in Onalaska. That is coming up on August 17th. We're going to be here there for that. Uh, we've got another one at Pine Valley Golf Course. That's in Marathon uh, County. Uh, that's up there on uh, September 7th. Uh, we're going to be there. Then we're going to be at the Wasoda High Shores in Chippewa Falls for a cigar dinner on on Monday, September 12th. Then from there, we head back to Lacrosse. We're going to be at Celebrations for the second of our dinners on Tuesday the 13th, and I think we're going to wind it up with a couple after that. But, man, we're, we got a big schedule this year, so awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, our buddy Rick over on the Bud Light live stream says, took a mental health day today, looking forward to some warmer weather. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to warmer weather, too. It doesn't look like the warm weather, the, the more hot, humid stuff is going to get here until this weekend, but I'm with you, man. I'm with you. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, some news today, some news today 
is that Aaron Rodgers is, he kept his word, he is at the mandatory minicamp. Ben, you're getting this direct, right? Tom Pelissero reported it earlier today. And if I'm not mistaken, they have a physical today and then minicamp Tuesday through Thursday. So I believe he is in Green Bay today. So the physical today and then uh, and then he will be there tomorrow. So well, that's great. Great to see Aaron Rodgers uh, showing up and putting his money where his mouth. He kept his word. I don't have a problem. You know, I know some people are all over Rodgers for what he is and isn't doing. And I've said this before. While I care, I do care. Okay, there's a part of me that says, damn it. You know, this is the you got one, two, three years to go for it. This is this is the go for it year, man. Let's do this. And that's what you want out of this guy. Come on, let's go. Bring it. Let's go. Uh but uh I on the other hand, I'm a hypocrite. Because I'm the guy that says, I I don't care what you do. I just don't want to hear your excuses come mid season. If you start to fail to say, Well, I'm not on the same page or they gotta earn trust or you know, because this is when you build all of that. So you do what you want to do. You do you. That's fine. But you make one damn excuse about relationships and team building and all that kind of stuff and trust and all that crap during the season. If things go awry, then you are the absolute hypocrite, and I will crucify you for it. But I'm I'm, I'm good right now, man. Hey, everything's great. Aaron Rodgers still, he could fall out of bed and still play extremely well. It's just those little things, that little, little thing here and there, that little thing there. It's going to make the difference between you being a good team getting to the postseason and a great team going to a Super Bowl. So let's let's hope that he uh, he, he gets there. He has a great time and and uh, and does what needs to be done to be able to kind of accelerate some of these young guys or at least the guys that are coming in for the first time via offense and, and get it going. That's, that's all I care about, Bill. This I'm does good. very importantly put aside all of the rumors about him participating in this weekend's live golf event in London. So yes. that's the breaking news here is that he is that's, not joining see, the live. I should have known when you brought that up because in your world, everything revolves around golf yeah, or <laughs> funny rumors that have more no basis. Right. <laughs> everything goes in that direction. I get it. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. I Bill, we put the me in media. Come on now. Yes. Yes. And there's an I in media as well. <laughs> there's no we in media. I'll tell you that right now. Steph Curry was, though, seen re-gripping his clubs last weekend. So it is yet to be so seen whether he will still play in the finals uh, coming yeah, up this he, weekend. He's got more work to do. He's got more work to do. They uh, absolutely just blew out... Uh, did you take pleasure in watching the Celtics go down yesterday? 100%. It was awesome. I I loved it. And I told you that I would really kind of figure out who I'm rooting for in all of this before it was all said and done. Because on one hand, you got that East pride. You know, you're thinking, you know, that's where the that's where the Bucks came from. You won the team that beat the Bucks. You'd like to see them go on and win a championship. So you can say, well, you know what? The Bucks could have won one had they beaten them. And I, you probably still could say that, but, but I'll tell you this, uh, I, I cannot root for a Celtics team that does nothing. I mean, they have taken the art of bitching and whining to a whole new level. I just, I take so much pleasure in watching them go down like the Titanic. 
Uh, now, I don't know what the rest of the series is going to hold, but uh, I'll say this. I, The look on Marcus Smart's face most of the time, I wonder if he, like, goes to the bathroom in his own house and, like, sneezes while he pees, pees all over the uh, the toilet lid and all over the floor, and then runs down the hall and calls the plumber and starts yelling at the plumber. That, that's, that's, that seems to be what the guy is. I have n- – I mean – I thought LeBron James was an absolute positive jackass. Marcus Smart's taken the word jackass and gone to a different level with it when it comes to complaining to the officials. I just, man. Now, he's the guy that defensively you'd love to have on your team. But, oh, my God. He's basketball version of a soccer player. Whew. So, I have to admit, I took a, I took a lot of pride. And pounding my chest, even though Kristen got mad at me, being the Celtics fan that she is. Uh, she, too, though. She, too, though. She starts to buy into She's like, come on. And then after like a minute or two, she's like, oh, okay. They'll show the replay, and I'll go, look at that. He, look, look at that. Oh, okay, you're right. And then, then it, it, towards the end of the game, she's turning. Why is he always whining? Just play, And then she's like shouting, just play the game. Play the game. You know, at the TV. And, and it, I feel like the guy in the progressive commercial, when the people start clapping at the end of the movie, and he says, no one here that made the movie. No, Nobody can hear you. You know, I, I'm that guy. I'm like, nobody, nobody can hear you. Don't don't worry about it. Nobody can hear you. So, <laughs> oh, but I took a lot of pride in that last night. I think the Celtics uh, I, are dead. And I think they are, too. Couldn't come back to bite me, but I, their game one win was so improbable. I think he had Al Horford having a career high in threes. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. Like with with what the Warriors can do and the way they carry themselves, like Steph Curry's arrogance is, you know, very tangible, but it's so cool because he does everything right and it all mm-hmm. works, right? Like yeah. if that's if Marcus Smart carried himself like Steph Curry, I would hate him even more. But he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um yep. but but yeah, I think I think that the series is over. Yep. I I would wholeheartedly agree. I think this one's done. Is game 3 a must and- win though? No, it's not. It's not a must win for I I think it's a must win for uh for for Boston. I I'll, I'll I'll think it's a must win for Boston. What's the yeah. uh station there? WEEI? EEI. Is Boston, is game yeah. 3 a must win for the Celtics? I I think we call them. I think we call them up and say, "Hey, can we get one of your guys on? Is this a must win game for you?" And then just maybe you'll hear like a you know, like hang on a second. This is what you're here. That's my headset going to the ground. And then he's actually floppy. He's falling onto the ground saying, oh, oh God, it's been so unfair. We, we got to win. And that's, that's, I can imagine that's what it is. Or it would be just the opposite. Or his chair broke. It, or his chair broke, which I've, I've had happen. I can admit that. I've gone ass over elbows. Uh, but would he then say, as the rest of the world is saying, realistically, and, and you know, kind of look the microphone in the eye and say, yeah, we're a whole load of whiners over here. Or maybe just maybe distance yourself from the team. There's no there's no we in that. I I'm not on the court. I'm not playing. I'm not hitting a three. I'm not you know taking an, an offensive charge. So maybe he just says, you know, hey, you know what? Uh, the Celtics are a good basketball team, but they're the biggest bunch of criers, whiners, and babies I've ever seen play in the NBA. And therefore, other than maybe the Detroit Pistons from years gone by, therefore they don't deserve to win. You know, and maybe he looks at it that way very realistically. I don't know. Maybe we maybe we call him and try to get him on. I don't know. I'd just set him up and ask him about the refs and go on and on and act like, you know, you're on his side. 
with rooting for Marcus <laughs> Smart. Until he I know, right? Realizes yeah, that'll, that just that, that'll never happen. Yeah, that, that'll never happen. That'll never happen. Um, I, I I think he he the way it was put to me is that Marcus Smart is the Joker because not only does he flail around and act as if he's always being harmed, but his hair resembles that as well. Oh, I thought you were going to say because he gives everyone you know severe mental health problems watching him. Well, that too. <laughs> Uh, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. we got uh, more of the Bill Michael Show broadcasting live at Ironwood Golf Course here in Sussex, Wisconsin. Loving it out here and getting ready for the uh, Tobacco Outlet Plus Groceries Cigar Golf Outlet, uh, our golf outing today. And then we're going to have a cigar dinner after the fact. Looking forward to that. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And uh, I love them. Uh, I've got them in my home. I really do. Uh, anytime I get somebody that comes by, they always want to see if I really have them. Yes, I do. Go check the label. There you have it. But they're just economical. They add value to your home. They have many innovations like the roll screen, the slider window. Now they've got a screen in your window that it lets even more light in. Yeah, I didn't even know you could do that, but they did it, and it's amazing. And they you know, add value to your home that you can't, you, you can't put a true number on when you go to turn around and sell your home. Uh, because you don't know if it's going to add, you know, $10,000 or $50,000. It's just it, your home is safe. It's secure. When you lay your head on your pillow at night, nobody's getting in. That's a great benefit to all of this. Stop in and see our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com. That's PellaWI.com. See for yourself what it is everybody, including myself, is talking about when it comes to these doors and windows and the entry door systems. They have the sliding door, patio door systems. They have windows. They have bay windows. It's anything, you you name it, they've got it, and they're great people. 855-PELLA-WI. That's PELLAWI.com. 855-PELLA-WI. More to come right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Whatever's got you down, uh, whether it's ED or uh, you need to do some weight loss, some low T, you're sluggish, you're moody, you're up and down, whatever, call them 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. That is the New Mail Medical Center. Yes, it works. Yes, you can lose weight. Yes, they all but guarantee the fact that they can help you in many different areas. All you have to do is call. You can't do a damn thing if you don't pick up the phone. Pick up the phone, 414-455-4451. Ted says, when LeBron speaks, no one listens. I can't stand Mr. Flop. Um, You know what? Somebody else had just emailed me regarding LeBron uh, earlier. Um, Where did it go? This is uh, – Sorry about this. Uh, this is from Chris. Chris says, uh, will not eat ruffles anymore with LeBron James on the cover. Mr. Flop will not get my money. Anti-ruffles. See, I love ruffles. That might be a little extreme. No ruffles. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, I, don't buy the, I don't buy Nike shoes. And, and, and Giannis has a set of Nikes, but I won't buy them because of a particular, you know, company stance. So I won't do that. But... 
I don't know if I'm going to cut out ruffles because LeBron James is on the on the bag. I don't know if I could do that. I'm fine cutting his weird tequila company. Yeah, that's that's a whole other. Yeah, I'm not a huge tequila drinker anyway. But if I was, I was not picking up uh, picking up his. Now Tito's vodka, I'll I'll support him. Guy that hangs out here in Wisconsin, I don't mind that. I'll take it. Uh, Pac fan says you're wearing a Nike Nike show show today. Yeah, it was given to me. I won't buy one. L- try listening, Pac fan, instead of correcting me all the time. Try listening to what I said. I said I won't buy one. You dumbass. Tom Oates is going to join us coming up next. We're going to talk a little NIL, and uh, he had an interesting tweet last week that said it was the doom of college football. Interesting. Let me get into that. Stay tuned. A lot more coming up right after this. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.